Welcome to episode 144 of the Startup Show. Today we are here in Zurich at the Entrepreneurship Labs of the ETH, and I'm talking to the CEO and co-founder of Fixed Position, Zheng Zhong. And we are talking today about how it is to move to Zurich. We talk about Fixed Position, but we also talk why it's important to do something that you really love. Make sure to stay tuned. Welcome to episode 144 of the Startup Show. Today we are here in Zurich at the Entrepreneurship Lab of the ETH of Zurich. I'm very excited to talk to the CEO and co-founder of Fixed Position, Cheng Chong. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Hildek. Really, it's my pleasure to be invited for your show. And uh, yeah, I watched your show before. It was really great. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I'll pay you for this later, okay? So. Sure. <laughs> As usual on the show, um, the entrepreneurs on my show get about a minute and a half to introduce themselves to my audience. So maybe give us a short introduction about who you are. My name is Chen Zhongsu. I grew up in China and then went to Germany for my master's study and I end up uh, here at Zurich ETH for my PhD. During my PhD, I had the idea to commercialize mm -hmm. what I'm doing in my research and eventually I meet uh, three other co-founders of the company through the Pioneer Fellowship of ETH, mm -hmm. which is a program yeah. made for research and master or PhD student to commercialize their research. So we started uh, to do uh, incorporate the company. We, what we do is that we make high precision navigation based on satellite navigation and also computer vision to make sure high accuracy navigation in centimeter level accuracy could serve for the coming self-driving cars drones and also robotics. Mm -hmm. But before we go more into fixed position, I want to talk more about yourself. So uh, maybe give us like a little bit of an insight on like China and the startup ecosystem in China and what you have experienced over there. I mean, I do have a, a short experience with my previous drone startup company, which I was involved before it officially incorporate. I was helping them write a business proposal. I was like uh, applying fund for them Mm -hmm. And we eventually also get the fund from a local mm -hmm. government, Hangzhou, where Alibaba is. Mm -hmm. So they get the innovation fund from government. But then that of incorporated company, I decided to quit because I wasn't finishing my PhD and I don't want to give up and go back to China or work full time for that startup. And that's my only, let, let's say, experience about Chinese startup environment. But I do get a bit of information and I start to know a lot of drone company there. It's happening very fast everything there. So <laughs> if you have a good idea, you've got funds, you've got prototyping very fast, the market volume is large, so if your stuff is really good, it grow really fast. Mm -hmm. so. At what stage should you decide that, let's say, you want to come let's, to Europe um, instead of staying in China? I finished my master first in Germany, right? And yeah. then I came here just because uh, there was a PhD position which fit to my professional background. And the thing, about this uh, startup thing, why I decided to stay here but not going back to China is because I like the lifestyles here and I like the mindset that things go smoothly, organically. I mean, China, there's tons of opportunity, you easily <laughs> get lost. And that's something I've been careful about and I decided to stay here to do things more, let's say, 
in a steady way. Now you did your PhD and then you decided to do the Pioneer Fellowship here at ETH. What made you decide to do that? So first of all, I wasn't thought about this at the beginning of my PhD. Then later on, I met friends during football playing and there was an entrepreneur, which was a previous uh, Pioneer Fellow, found a company called Zurimed. And there he started to talk to me all about how great, how exciting and how he's happy about making his own startup. And then he got to know what I'm doing. He eventually influenced me, saying that, look, <laughs> what you're doing is absolutely something great. And then I start to dig deeper into first the, the startup environment here at ETH and in general in Switzerland. And I find it's, it's quite, it's, it's great. So there's a lot of uh, startup supporting organization like a Pioneer IE Lab from ETH. There's a venture lab, there's a venture competition, there's a, like a ways, there's a lot of uh, other organization actually helping startups. So that makes me eventually start all the things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when you say, when you look at, let's say, the support you got from the ETH, yeah. would you say that was good, helpful, or, you know, some, some ways to improve? So first, it's quite good, I have to say, because we were completely rookie mm -hmm. in business aspect when we <laughs> entered the program. We were completely uh, engineer mindset or scientist mindset. In this program, you have a weekly workshop, you have an opportunity also to talk to previous entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. which are now coming back to, to teach you how you can grow a startup. And through all this workshop, study, also network, we start to, to learn, for instance, product is not the extreme thing, but solving a problem of the industry or your customer maybe has a higher priority to comparing to push your product into extreme performance, maybe nobody wants. Mm -hmm. so. That's okay. kind of thing, yeah, so. <laughs> right, that's what we hear at the University of St. Gallen, but we have no idea of engineering. So that, let's talk about that fixed position. Give my audience a short pitch about what you guys do. In fixed position, we provide you super reliable high accuracy navigation at 70 to 7 meter level accuracy, which has a high demand from autonomous vehicles in general. Mm -hmm. This includes commercial industrial drones, robotics, and self-driving cars. What we are great at is we make the navigation, high accuracy, reliable, and also affordable. And this is the thing that is highly demanded by the autonomous vehicle yeah. market. And um, when, when you say like you're, you're doing this, you know, we're all uh, startups and we all know like everything is a process, but where do you stand in the development? And at the moment, we actually have uh, two products already more or less ready. The first product is pure satellite navigation a sensor, which we already get the orders. We also have a have partnership with a, the drone company Unique. And the second product, which integrated the computer vision, is under beta test. And this one takes a bit more time. Mm -hmm. And that's why we are also now closing our seed round fundraising to put a bit of money for the marketing to sell more product one and also put more resources into R&D of the second product and eventually bring it to the market within a few months. Mm -hmm. And what would you say, let's say you said autonomous driving, um, what other use cases do you have for, for the fixed position products? Nowadays you see all the, most of the autonomous vehicles, uh, cars, they, they use super expensive sensors like mm -hmm. LiDAR, laser scanning sensor, camera-based thing. And these things are actually the mo one of the most expensive part in the self-driving car. So in the future, if you really want this self-driving car to be affordable, that comes into every family. 
-hmm. The price of the car has to be lowered, and the key thing has to be low is actually the navigation sensor. Yeah. And that's exactly where we believe we will play key role, that with our vision-enhanced uh, high-precision satellite navigation sensor, the reliable high accuracy could just be paid with a really affordable level. You just mentioned a little bit about your future plans and embedding them into um, various type of vehicles. Have you also put in some thoughts of putting them into, into drones um, and maybe even unmanned drones? Yeah, that's actually, at the moment, our main focus is in the commercial drone market. Yeah. We the first product, are, uh, the first order are from drone customers. They, they're buying our high precision navigation sensor for swarm drone light show, for inspection, for mapping, surveying, and so on. When you say, when you look at the technology that we have right now that you're building into your sensor, what is it lacking or what is the next step that we need to take to really take this precision mapping to the next level? The infrastructure also would be need a bit of time to adapt because, uh, for instance, mm -hmm. with a pure satellite-based uh, navigation, you need all this so-called reference station or network to enable the high precision and to send the correction data to the device mounted on your car or your drone. Mm -hmm. I mean, many of the big companies already invest also start to plan for this infrastructure. For instance, U-Blocks and uh, Bosch, Michisu, and a German company called Geo++ are incorporated a new company and planning, I, mean, I don't know what they concretely do, but they are preparing for building all this infrastructure for the future self-driving. When you look at, let's say, um, the, the applications that you can have in the, in the real world, for example, um, in agriculture, do you have any examples of that you can say, like, when companies start applying the sensors, they have a certain impact on the world. What would that be? I can give a good example of uh, the spraying drone business in China. X Aircraft, one of the industrial leaders, also DJI sell their agricultural drone, which equipped with such a high accuracy navigation sensor. They fly fully autonomous. They fly very precisely over large area of farmland, mm -hmm. do all the spraying fast, precise, and also very healthy. Oh, so yeah. because you can imagine that with, when the drone can position itself in centimeter level accuracy, this means all the pesticides goes deeply precisely to the leaf, which means you need less chemistry content. Mm -hmm. You didn't destroy any plants because the drone fly over the plants, not like tractor running over the plants. And also because the drone can fly very, very precise close to the plants, there's Basically, no country fly away to your house or to other area, and this is an advantage compared to the big spraying jet, which yeah. you often see in the U.S. Right. And is there any other applications that you can give us as a sample besides agriculture? Swarm drone light show I just it's, mentioned. Yeah. So when you can fly, I mean, our customer RoboSense they operate swarm drone fleet in number of hundreds, mm -hmm. but you might also see the one from Intel. They fly thousand. So the, the important thing for that show is that each drone has to be at the place where he should be in a few centi or 10 centimeter accuracy so that they can eventually show the nice pattern, mm -hmm. like the, the five circle of the Olympic pattern and so on. Reliable high accuracy positioning for the drone is the key mm -hmm. for those kind of applications. So as far as I understood, um, you went on a trip with Venture Leaders. 
uh, to China, uh, back to your home country. Yeah. Uh, how was that? How was your experience uh, with VentureLeader in general? And like, how was it for your business? That was a pretty crazy, also interesting, but also very time, a quite intensive trip for us because we somehow combined this trip with uh, our meeting with customer, also with some investors. So we actually already planned a lot of meeting mm -hmm. in between the trip. For instance, Lucas uh, and we, we both went there because Lucas has to go to the headquarters of UNI to test our sensor for those guys. So we, we were really working day and night. And meanwhile, we also we, we want to catch up with all the, the roadshow, the pitch we have to give in the official program. So, and we met a lot of uh, new potential customer, new investor there. I would say it was great trip. I would recommend really? everyone to do, to do that. <laughs> so when you say, when you look at, let's say, Switzerland and China, where do you see the differences in doing business? I, I again, I would say I haven't do that much of business in China. So, but what I can see is that here you do business rather more, let's say, organically. Also, this is what we always been educated here at the ETH, IE Lab, at European Space Agency, we are now being supported by. So we rather grow organically, step by step, instead of uh, trying also the US Silicon Valley style that you throw tons of uh, cash. <laughs> you try, if you fail, failed, it's okay, you try another idea. But here, for instance, the ETH spin-off survival rate, five-year survival rate is 85%, which is insane for other countries. So obviously there's difference. So mm. the, the other one, go fast, try and error, and you have a lot of failure rate, and you eventually have one hero jumping out of a thousand or even millions of a failed company. Here you grow more organically, each company, there's not huge number of startups, but most of them will grow organically and eventually leading to a higher portion of a success, I would say. Mm -hmm. yeah. Interesting. And when you look at, let's say, someone uh, you know who came let's say from abroad came to switzerland what do you see here how do you perceive the swiss startup ecosystem i'm a foreigner yeah so i actually pay a bit attention to like the proportion of uh, let's say foreign founders in mm -hmm. the startup ecosystem i noticed that it has a very high high proportion of foreign founder so obviously Switzerland has a very attractive, uh, I don't know, ecosystem or maybe just in general because Switzerland are attractive mm -hmm. to foreigners. And then secondly, I would say the supporting uh, mechanisms are quite nice and they are so diverse. So you have, a, if, if you're a high-tech company, you get easily supported by, by ETH, by university-based mm -hmm. uh, ecosystem because they're supporting, they tailored for high, deep tech Startup, mm -hmm. you easily get support. You you have ETH uh, pioneer for the early stage, and then when we official incorporate the company, we were being supported by European Space Agency Business Incubation Center in Switzerland, which is for a bit later stage of early startup. And then later on, you have a lot of a lot of other things like you have also quite some number of good business angels and the VCs. But then another thing, the downside, I would say, from seed round to pre-A, there's not much of a like good investment <laughs> yeah. organization. Or the other thing is that the valuation here tends to be quite low compared to what you would get from US and mm -hmm. China.
What is success in life for you? The startup and uh, my family. What is your biggest mistake as an entrepreneur? Haven't found it yet. <laughs> uh, let me think. Uh, the biggest mistake. We should have taken the seat around investment earlier. earlier. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how do you keep focused? Prioritize what I have to do every day, and I only do the top prioritized things. How do you foster a positive company culture? At the moment, I just because we are small team, so I keep telling people. I mean, we have a few fixed rules. We have three rules. The, the best people do the best thing. Everybody should do the best for the company. And the third rule is that we, we, don't, do, we don't waste time on unimportant things. Last question, how do you make sure to be a good leader? I keep learning by myself. I have a lot of to, to learn. I have a good side, I have a downside, and I keep learning new things to compensate my downside. So. Mm -hmm. We're very close to academia, so a lot of students also watch these videos. Uh, maybe you can give them some advice uh, that you wish you knew when you were a student. So besides your hard work and hard study, you should always go outside, attend different events mm -hmm. to see the different possibilities and then you will eventually find the thing you, you like to do and always pick up the thing you, you like. Mm -hmm. And then doesn't matter you succeed or you fail, or it's hard, you still feel happy. And usually, if you do the things you like, there's a high chance to leading to a success. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. good. Good way to end this video. If you do something that you like, you're likely to be successful. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. And thank you very much, everybody who stayed all the way till the end of this video. Have a great day.